to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Before I move on, I want to ask, uh, I, want you, I want to introduce you guys to somebody. I'd like to ask this beautiful woman to come up here, because some of you don't believe she's real, so I want you to see. I want to introduce you to my wife, Bridget, and uh, thank you. I've been super excited for her to come here, because I wanted her to see what made me who I am. And so this is a special day for me to be able to bring her here and, uh, and her to experience high praises with my family. So I know a lot of you have been wanting to meet her. You follow us on Facebook, but she's here. She's real. It's not a, not a hologram. And uh, we have two beautiful girls, Hallie and Haven, who are in the kids' ministry. Please apologize to Amy because Haven's a little tornado of destruction. And uh, hopefully after church, they'll be in here with us. So just give her one more hand. I want her to come up here so you can meet her. Thanks, babe. Man, what an awesome day. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you how excited I was. Oh, look at all these students, first of all, man. What's up, guys? Man, I have missed you guys. Man, I was a youth pastor here for five, six years, full, really 20 years, doesn't matter. And man, I miss, look at that section over here of students and youth ministry workers. It's just awesome to be back. Your building is beautiful. I am so pumped to be here. I was so honored and excited to, to be here and, and to be able to preach today. I was, I was preparing this, I, I, I told Bridget, and we were laying in bed, and, and I told, we were talking, and I said, you know, I said, in preparing this message, I realized that every major spiritual event, really since I was a teenager, that has happened in my life involved high praises. Everything. In fact, it, every major event that happened in my life from a kid happened with Pastor Chris and Leah. Everything. I, from, from the time that the church started in my house, you know, you've heard the stories and, and learning to play the drums so that we could just have a drummer. And I remember those mornings of getting up. Man, at first I did not like high praises because I had to get up every Sunday morning at 6.30 when my dad would drag me out of bed to set this church up, right? I remember those days. I, I, I remember that I found my calling in this church. I, I found my calling here. I don't know who I would be. I don't know what I would become. I don't know where I would have ended up without High Praises Church. I'll never forget we started, and, and Pastor Chris may not remember this, but I came to him, and I said, man, I, I felt called into ministry. I was 17 years old. I said, I, I felt called to, min- to do ministry. You know, and he's like, are you sure? Are you? <laughs> oh, no, he didn't say that. He thought that, but he didn't say that. And I, and I said, what, what can I do? And he was like, well, you know, the same thing every pastor says, we need kids workers, right? Because the, the church just started. And I remember I went in that first year. I don't even remember who was doing kids then, but I went in and I did kids ministry that first day and I walked back out and I said, man, I found what I'm not called to and that is kids ministry. So I found what I was not called to before I found what I was called to. And then Pastor Scott came not long after that and he, and he said, man, we need a youth ministry. And, and he asked me to help and I'll never forget that that was this church right here is where God called me into ministry for the rest of my life. I remember Pastor Scott coming to me and said, hey, Josh, we, we, need, a, we need a worship team. I need a worship leader. I'm like, well, why, are you, why are you talking to me? I play the drums. Well, I need you to lead it. I was like, are you sure? Yeah, so I said, okay. So I got a bunch of kids together and we started a little worship band and I was so scared. I was so nervous because I had never spoken in front of people. I had never led worship. None, I'd never done any of that. I was so scared. The only place I felt comfortable on a stage was behind the drums, right? So what did I do when I led worship and, and our, we first met in this little area over here when we first started the worship team, I came over and I stood behind the drummer and sang for lead, to lead worship. 
That's how I started. I remember my first message I ever preached was here in that little side room. I prepared a message for, I promise you, for like 20 hours that week. It was the first message of my life. I preached on ants. I don't know why I talked about ants. I talked about something, what they do. I was so nervous that I preached in four pages in five minutes to the students. Why any of these people here ever gave me a chance to speak again, I have no idea. I remember in 2013 when we had an awesome youth ministry at an awesome church and we were growing and I remember coming to Pastor Chris and saying, I was so scared and saying, I, I feel like my time's up. My season is over. Nothing was wrong. We weren't, things were growing. Things were good. And I said, I feel called to, to start, take heart, a missions ministry. And I was so nervous. I was so scared. I didn't know what he would say. I didn't know if he'd be disappointed in me. And I remember, I remember that office, I'm crying. And he looks at me. And I remember the words. He said, I hate to lose you, but I, I know this is God. And from that moment on, this church supported me. There's so many faces in this room. I was just talking with, with the peers. I said, man, I, I thank you for all the times. Every, every month, faithfully, every month you would give and you would support. And I was in an orphanage in Honduras and I was lonely and I was, I was struggling. And I'll never forget my high praises church family would always message me. And every time I showed back up, I'd walk through these doors and I would feel like I was back home. And he would always say, we're praying for you. We love you. And now... God's called Take Heart to become a church plant. And three years ago, we launched out in the middle of nowhere and you guys have shown up, you supported me, you've loved me, you've called me, you've Facebook messaged me, you've, you've come to support the service. And then this year, I get a phone call from Pastor Chris and he says, hey, guess what? We just wanna give you $10,000 here. I'm like, well, are you serious? Yeah, and we wanna give you $20,000 to help Take Heart plant a church in Guatemala. I'm like, are you kidding me? This church is one of the reasons in the first three months of our church's uh, new building existence, we've seen 42 people give their life to Jesus. Jesus Christ. Listen, that's awesome and we should celebrate, but listen, you have a hand in that. You have an opportunity to that. And let me tell you, we're going to stop a moment before we get into it because this place, I, I, I thought I wouldn't get as emotional this service, but I'm getting more emotional. I don't, I don't know where I'd be without High Praises Church. I don't know. I don't know who I'd become without High Praises Church. I don't know who I would be without Pastor Chris and Leah. I, I think I told him recently, I said, I, I, need, I need to apologize to you because I never understood what you had to carry and what you had to do and the feelings you had until I started carrying that mantle myself of a church and the weight of it. And let me tell you, you guys have the best pastor and pastor's wife on the planet, not in Anderson, not in South Carolina, on the planet. And some of you don't realize it, but you need to realize it quick. Listen, you don't know how much he loves you. You don't know how much he prays for you. You don't know how bad it hurts him when you leave. You don't know how bad it hurts when all you do is consistently come at him and don't support him. And I know you're passionate. I get it. But nobody in this building will stand to count for every soul that comes through here except for that man and his wife. Every person that comes through here, he will be held accountable for to God. And I never understood that weight until now. So before we go anywhere else, first of all, Thank you, Jesus, right? We know who the head of this church is. We know who the head of Take Heart is. But down the line, the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. And I want you as loud as you cleared for Clemson, cheered for Clemson to win that national championship, or as loud as you were cheering for Alabama because you don't like Clemson. Whichever one you were on, I want you to stand up and as radically and raucous as we can get, can we give a hand to your pastor and to my pastor, Pastor Chris and Leah? Come on. No, we gotta be louder than that. Come on, let's give it up. 
Man, he, he loves this church. He loves this church and he loves you. You can be seated, thank you. Today I wanna to talk about this place. I wanna talk about the church. I wanna talk about specifically HPC and why it's important to you. And in a day and culture where church has largely, largely been moved down the, the chain of priorities, I wanna show you why what you have here is not just important to you and is not just important, uh, it, it, but is also very important to the community. How many of you grew up in church? Let me see your hand. We got any, any church people here? Okay, so maybe you'll relate to this. If you grew up in church, maybe you'll understand these statements. All right, how, and so I'm 38, so I know we all grew up in different generations, okay? But how many of you had a WWJD bracelet at some point in your life? Come on. How many of you had 10 of them, right? You had them all the way down your arm. Remember when you used to do that? How many of you, somewhere in your house, there's, a, there's a, a box of CDs filled with DC Talk and Jars of Clay and Michael W. Smith? How many of you still got that? All the students are like, what's a CD? What is that? What is that? All right, let's, let's see if you grew up in church. When I say, God is good, you say, and all the time. How about when I say, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Man, this side over here grew up in church. Where have you guys been? <laughs> Maybe that's where all the singers went. How many of you remember flannel graphs? Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. How many of you on Halloween, you didn't, go, you didn't get to go trick-or-treating because you had to go to the hallelujah party at your church where you dressed up like Bible characters, which basically meant you wore a towel as a bathrobe. How many of you remember that? Right? That means you know that you grew up in church. <laughs> This, this was definitely me. How many of you, every time you heard a loud rumble of thunder in the middle of the night, you thought it was the rapture, and you had to, I remember growing up, I'd had to get up and, and tiptoe down the hallway and look at my, my parents' house, I mean, my parents' room to make sure they were still there, because if they were there, then I knew I was okay. How many of you realized that camp meeting had nothing to do with exploring the woods, right? Do you remember that? Yep. How many of you had a cassette tape labeled Michael W. Smith, but it was actually an MC Hammer mixtape because you know your parents would never let you listen to that? I have a story about that with a little band called Criss Cross, but we're not gonna talk about it because it's kind of embarrassing. How many of you, the most terrifying experience of your life was a little production called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames? Anybody seen that? How many of you got saved every time you watched it? I was saved 42 times by the time I was... You know, these are bring back nostalgic memories and it makes you think about your childhood and growing up in church. And you know, you know we, we may laugh at those now, but those are important memories and events that are, that are registered right here in our brain every time we think about it. But let me give you some startling statistics. Every year, more than 4,000 churches close their doors compared to just over 1,000 new churches starting. From 1990 to 2000, the combined membership of all Protestant denominations in the USA declined by almost 5 million members, while the U.S. population increased by 24 million. At the turn of the last century, 1900, there was a ratio of 27 churches per 10,000 compared to the close of, 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 of the last century, 2000, where we have 11 churches per 10,000 in America. Listen to this one. The United States now ranks third behind China and India in the number of people who are not professing Christians. In other words, this should startle you. The U.S. has become an ever-increasing unreached people group in the world. 
Listen to this one. Half of all the churches in the USA did not add any new members to their congregation in the last two years. Even more startling than those statistics are the statistics of those who profess to be a Christian. Growing up in the Bible Belt, how many of you knew you went to church every Sunday, right? On vacation, you went to church. You built your vacations around church. My generation got a lot more lax with it. We actually wouldn't miss church to go on vacation, or we would go, say, three times a month. The generation coming behind me has changed things a lot. Our children have become more casual about weekly worship attendance. A large church in Arizona conducted a wide-scale survey. What they found was that on average now, a a committed family of a church only goes to church 1.6 times a month. In addition, only, listen to this, this is so crazy. In addition, only 20% of a church's congregation now attend more than three times, at least three times a month. And only 4%. 4% of every church attends every single week. That, that is 48 weeks a year. 4%. Today I want to share with you the importance of church in your life and in your family's life. And listen, not just the importance of church, the importance of consistency in your church. And there is a big difference for calling high praises home and it being home. I love my family more than anybody in this world. I love my wife. I think she is the hottest woman on the planet. I definitely outpunted my coverage. My marriage would be the worst marriage in the world if I only showed up once a month to say hey hello to her, to hug my kids once a month, to give them a kiss to go to bed once a month. The rest of the time, I was doing my thing. I was vacationing. I had other priorities that would not constitute a good marriage. Can I tell you that you are the bride of Jesus Christ. You are a part of the church. And when you neglect the the bride of Christ, when you neglect as the bride, you neglect your husband, you are not having a good relationship and marriage with Jesus. Listen, I grew up in church, right? My mom and dad are here. My family's here. My grandparents are here. You know, my grandparents, my grandparents are some of the most amazing people on the planet. They've been going to the same church for how long? 80, over 80 years? 80 years in the same church. Sometimes they won't even come see me because they still are committed to their church. And that is unbelievable. So from them, passed down to my mom and dad, I was in church every Sunday. I played high school football, and I had to tell my coach, sorry, I was at church on Wednesday nights. I had to be involved. The coaches knew that. It was just part of who I was. It instilled so many of my morals and my character and my discipline and my calling as a minister was found inside of these walls right here from teaching, from relationships, from discipline, from all those things I found here. I didn't find it in the school. I didn't find it in extracurricular activities. I didn't find it on social media. I didn't find it anywhere else but here. I greatly attribute who I am today as a man and a follower of Christ to the disciplines that it instilled in me. All right, so let's, let's run through this. I want to run through three reasons why you need church. And then I want to show you at the end of that why this house is important. Here we go. Number one, the church is the only institution that can meet all of your needs. Acts 2, 42, the start of the church, what does it say? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
Here's, here's the thing, guys. Listen, we all have spiritual needs, we all have relational needs, and we all have physical needs. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what stage of life you're in. That doesn't matter. You have spiritual needs, needs that, that can only be met from the soul, needs that can only be met from your mind. You all have a, a, a relational needs. We all are created to be relational human beings. You are created to be in fellowship and communion with none, one another. And we all have physical needs. We all have to eat, right? Some of you are ready for the physical need now. You're like, hurry up. The buffet's calling. The hibachi's ready. I gotta get there. We all have physical needs. We all have that. The church is the only institution that can meet all of your needs. How? Listen, your work cannot provide all three of those. It can meet some physical needs. It can meet some relational needs, but it's not gonna provide any spiritual aspect to your life. And the problem is some of you are more married to your work than you are your relationship with Jesus Christ. And you're missing out. Your, your, listen, your family can't support all of your needs. Dad, you're the leader, right? You're pouring into them. Who's pouring into you? Your friend group can't provide all three. Let me stay here for a moment. The internet cannot provide all three of these aspects of your life. I know that everybody in here has 5,000 friends on Facebook, but they're not your friends. They're not gonna be there for you. I love live streaming. I know you guys will be doing live streaming soon. Take Heart is live streaming right now. But you know what? It is not a substitute for coming together and growing together in the word of God. It's not, it is only for when you just cannot be there and to reach people who may come, okay? It's not, you can't get what we have in this room looking at a computer screen. It's impossible. The internet cannot meet it. The, the church was designed to meet your spiritual needs. Your church was designed to meet your relational needs. And the church was designed by Christ to meet your physical needs. And here's the problem. If you decide to cut church out and make it a non-factor or you just become a casual churchgoer, you will find those needs manifested in other areas. Because you're going to meet your physical needs somewhere. You're gonna meet your spiritual needs somewhere and you're gonna meet your relational needs somewhere. The church is important. Number two, worship is a corporate act. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Psalm 22, three, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Worshiping Jesus together may be the single most important thing that we do all week. It plays an indispensable role in rekindling the spiritual fire that keeps us burning and moving. And, and one of my favorite things to do we, we just moved into a, into a new house and it's a little bit further from, from the office uh, at the church. So I got about a 15 minute drive and one of my favorite things is gonna be to get in the car and put on my worship music as I'm heading to the office and singing at the top of my lungs and crying and, and worshiping and spending time. And that's awesome and there is a place for that. There's a place for that in your personal life and in your personal uh, prayer closet, but there is nothing in the world, like coming into this building together with hundreds of other believers. Did you notice a change in the atmosphere as soon as Leah stood up and began to sing and lead us into the presence of God Almighty because where two or three are gathered, he's here, his throne room comes, it's right in the middle, and together as we lift up, we are called to worship Jesus together. Nowhere in scripture was worship a single act was always together. When John has his revelation and he sees all the angels, he says he sees thousands and tens of thousands and they're all doing what? 
singing, worshiping. When you see in the book of Revelation, you see all of the creatures around the throne room. They are all there in masses doing what? Singing, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Worship from, from every creation, from angels to whatever else we don't even know about to humans. Worship was created to be together. It's a corporate act. It's important that we're here. And the last one is this, is that it's an issue of obedience and priorities. I, I follow Tim Keller. He's a church planning guru. He pastors, uh, he used to pastor a large church. And somebody, well, he was on Twitter the other day and he did a Q&A and this guy asked him a question. He said, Tim, can, you be, can a person be a Christian without being a member of a church? This is how he responded, yes. But you're not an obedient Christian if you're not a consistent member of a church. I know that that's controversial, but let's look at what the scripture says. Hebrews 13, 17 says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work may be a will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. I know Pastor Chris is like, can you preach on that scripture? Right there, right? But seriously, do that so that their work will be a joy. Do you know the burden that he cares? And, and it's important that you know that we're not here for ourselves. We're not here for ourselves. I, I literally thought about this. Um, just start waving me down if I'm going over, okay? It's, uh, just do that. I'll, I'll fly through it. I, I just spent eight months fighting the devil for a building for my church. I mean, it was a tough road for us. Pastor Chris knows the story. We, we bought a $1.2 million facility. We got a great deal on it. We just fought and we fought. Man, I started having attacks. In fact, there was at one point where I thought I was having a heart attack and I told Bridget I have to go and they, they checked me. I was just having panic attacks. I mean, spiritual warfare after warfare after warfare after warfare. We bought this amazing facility and all this equity and you know, you know I don't get a dime from that. You know all the money that Pastor Chris has raised and put in this facility? If he leaves, it stays with you. He did it for you. He built this facility for you. He built this facility for your family. He built it for your kids. And if one day God takes him home or takes him somewhere else, you keep all the amazing things that this man poured his blood, sweat, and tears out for. We're not in this for profit. We're in this for people. And that is a big difference. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as, an, as, as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more you see the day drawing near. John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I know that it sounds like I'm preaching to the choir, but the truth is I'm probably preaching to the people that need to hear it. You need to know, guys, listen, this place is so important. Dads, can I speak to our men? Your kids will, will, will know how important church is by the way you live your life and how consistent you are with your church attendance. You know how I know church is important? Because it was important to my father. He opened his doors to this church. Didn't matter how inconvenient it was because it wasn't about our family. Dad, mom, you want your kids to have good morals and good character. You send them to school six, five days a week. They need to be in the house of God to hear godly character and godly morals. 
It's important. Dads, it's important. I, there's nothing more in the world that I want for my two little girls to grow up to become mature disciples of Jesus Christ. That's more important than how much money they make. That's more important than who they marry. That's more important than all those things. And in order for that to happen, I have to have them and show them that God's house and, and, and who they are as Christ is important. And you can't find that anywhere but here. I want to I share with you Luke 15, 11 through 32, where it's not going to be on the scripture, but you can look this up. Most of us know the story. And I want to bring it home. So now I, I want you to see why church is important. And you may have known church is important, but I think now maybe it just kind of reminds you of some things. And now I want you to see why today is important. In this story, we have, a, we have a father who has two sons, and this man is very wealthy. He has everything that he could want. He's, he's a, he is just the richest of the rich, and his sons have access to everything the father has. Well, one day, the youngest son, one of the sons says, Dad, I, I'm done with this. Like, I, I want my inheritance. I want to go do my own thing. I want to go find who I am. I want to go spend everything that I have. I want to travel the world. Like, I don't, I don't care about what you have. I don't care that you meet all my needs. I'm ready to do my own thing. I'm going to leave. And the father, reluctantly, I'm sure, in his heart says, son, you don't even understand. You don't, you don't get what the world's like. You don't get that you have everything that you need here. You don't understand that I, I have everything prepared for you. And this, but the son pushes back and said, no, well, I want it. So he takes everything that his father had given him, all of his inheritance, and he goes out into the world. What we read from scripture is that it's not very long after that that he squanders everything that his father has given, all of his inheritance. He loses it, he squanders it, and he finds himself homeless, a beggar. And the Bible talks about a day where he's looking and he's seeing what the pigs are eating and he's, he's jealous of the pigs and he wishes that he could just have their food because he's starving. And it's in that moment that he comes to this realization he says, man, what am I doing? I, I, I gotta go home. I gotta, I gotta go home. And he, he doesn't think that his father will accept him. He doesn't think that he can go back and, and partake in who he was. So he says these words. He says, I'll just, I'll just ask if I can be a servant. I'm no better than them. He says, I'll set out, go back to my father and say to him, Father, I... I've sinned against heaven and against you. Verse 19 says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And the son, he sets off broken, hurting, without anything, lost, abused. Listen, because of his own choices. And the Bible says that as he's coming down the road, the father, who apparently had been looking every day, who have been waiting every day for his son. The moment that he sees him, what does he do? He takes off running, grabs his son, embraces him, welcomes him home. And the son starts in and the father says, no, 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 you don't understand. Everything you had, everything you lost is now yours. In fact, he screams out, prepare the party and the house is ready. They, they kill the calf. And the Bible even talks about the other son is still out in the field and he hears the music. That's how quick, bam, everything happened. The son comes home. The father is waiting. The house is prepared. The party is thrown. And there are some things about this story that we miss. And I want to share those with you today about why this place is important. The first thing is this, is that no matter what you do, 
do, no matter how far you go, no matter the mistakes that you've made, no matter what people have called you, no matter what, the Father is always pursuing and the Father will always be here when you are ready to come back home to him. He's not gonna come at you and throw everything at you. You haven't lost anything. All you have to do is say, Father, I'm sorry, here I am and all of the rights and privileges of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is ultimately and instantly back in your life. And some of us need to hear that. We need to remember that. But here's the second part. The house never changed. This is the part of the story we miss. The house never changed. The house was prepared for his return. This has been so heavy on my heart because the moment the son came home and the father said, hey, prepare the party, the calf was already ready. The musicians were ready. Everything was ready to go and the people celebrated. They didn't question. They didn't judge. They didn't throw him out. They didn't say we changed your room to something else. No, they said we have been waiting on you and that's why High Praises Church is so important and it's so important that you are here every single day is because God is sending lost sons and daughters home and you are the house and you are the one responsible for when they walk through those doors saying oh my gosh we've been waiting on you we love you we forgive you I know you've been through hell I know you fought the devil I know you've made mistakes but you are welcome in our house we have been throwing a party man we're waiting on you this will be a place that never changes. Let's have a feast. Let's celebrate. Why did you guys spend so much money when this place was already beautiful? Why did you spend so much money for screens and lights? And all? listen, can I tell you, and I love you with every bit of my being, but it was not for you. It was for them. It's for them. It's so that God could bring sons and daughters home. That's why it's important that you're here because you have to meet your family, that's why church is important. That's why you're important. High Praises has done unbelievable things the last 20 years, but the next 20 are about you bringing lost and sons home. God has prepared you for 20 years. If, if Pastor Billy could come. How many of you like money? Where's Heath at? Heath, come on up here. This is not planned. Heath is awesome. He was on my youth staff, him and D, for a long time, so I can embarrass him pretty good. Heath, let me ask you a question. Do you like money? You do. Oh, you said that pretty quick. We need to pray. What's going on here? You like 20 bucks? If I was going to give you $20, would you take it? You would. If I said, everybody in here, I got 20 bucks, how many of you would want it, right? Okay, look at the people not raising their hands. You got too much money, you need to give more an offering plate. This, this, this bill's brand new. No wrinkles, no blemishes. Pretty good looking guy on the front. If I said here, I'm gonna give you this. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me do this. You still want it? Why? Still $20, but it's got a crease in it. It's, it's, it looks different than it did before. It's still okay, why? Because it's what? It's still 20 bucks. Hang on a second. What about now? You still, if you still want this? How many of you would still want this $20 bill? But it's different. It's got a lot more creases. It's been through a lot much. A lot much. A lot more. It's been bent. It doesn't look as sharp as it did. But it's still worth what? Hang on, hang on.
still want this $20? Why? Why? But it's been spit on. It's been stomped on. This is the worst $20 bill in the building. It's got a lot of dirt on it, but you still want it. Why? Is it still worth just as much as it was before? Is it still worth just as much clean to the Father, to the person whose value it brings? This is the thing, guys. This is our community. This is who you're reaching. This is Anderson. This is Williamson. This is Belton. This is, this is a whole surrounding community. That's why it's important because, because when they walk in and they say, yeah, but I don't look like Evan. I'm not as sharp as Pastor Chris. I don't have the education as him. You can say, it doesn't matter. You're worth the same. You are just like me. We're no different. And welcome home. I love the fact that as soon as you walk in the door, what does it say? Welcome home. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic. Doesn't matter if you grew up like me or not. It doesn't matter if you speak the same language. My favorite story at Take Heart Church is we have this precious Hispanic couple coming. His wife speaks no English. And every week they show up and I, I, I went to Fernando and I said, Fernando, can I be honest? Like they started serving. I said, why do you guys, why are you guys here? He said, because you love us. He said, because my wife doesn't understand a word, but she feels loved every time she comes in this place. You can have that. Listen, guys, I know I got to, yeah, it's important. It's important because it's not about you. There's a lot of hurt and lost people, a lot of dying people. And God didn't bring high praises through 20 years of what he brought it through to stop now. In fact, I believe it's just the beginning. I believe it's just starting. I believe it's taken 20 years of fighting and spiritual warfare and the enemy and all of these things that you fought, Pastor Chris, to get you to where God is ready to send his sons and daughters home in the masses. It's not about numbers, but it's about people. It's about family. It's time, high praises, that we stand up and say, you know what? This place is too important to me, and it's too important to my family. I'm going to be here, and no matter who walks through those doors, they may never come back, but they're going to feel loved. Do you know who the best representation of Jesus is when they walk in this building? It's not Pastor Chris. In fact, he's the last thing they see. You know who the first person they see is? It's you. They've already made their decision about whether they're going to accept Christ before he steps on the stage. Why? Because they've met about 15 to 20 to 200 Jesuses when they walk in. That's why you're important. That's why we're important. How many of you would say, how many of you would say, I found Christ at High Praises Church? Raise your hand. Raise it high. Stand up for me. I want you to, if you found Christ at Take Heart Church, stand up. Come on, be honest. Look, look. Look at this. This is unbelievable. Look at this. You found Christ at Take Heart. Wait, stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. How many of you would say, you know what? I knew who Jesus was and I might have been saved, but I really found out who I was as a believer of Jesus Christ by coming to Take Heart Church. Would you stand? You would say, my relationship was really taken off. Come on, stand up. Stand up. That's you. Stand up. Look, look, stay standing, stay standing. Look at this. How many of you would say one of my family members was touched and came to Christ or came back to Christ because of high praises? I want you to stand up. Who's that? Look, stand up, stand up. 
Keep going. We're going to keep standing. How many of you would say, you know what? I was hurt and I was broken and I had unforgiveness. I was a damaged person when I came, but now I feel loved and I'm a part of the family. Would you stand? Come on. Would you stand up? That was you. Just stand up. Be honest. Look, Pastor Chris, look at this. This is why you were here. This is why it's important. This is why you fight. This is why you cry. This is why you don't give up. This is why when you were having panic attacks, standing behind this pulpit and you had to leave, you always came back. Why? Because of this. Because of these people. Would everybody stand with me? I don't know exactly what he wanted me to preach today. But I know that this is what my heart couldn't get away from. Is that this house, this place, is so important. And that your family. Man, you know what family does? And we put up with each other, don't we? Man, me and my sister have been in some knockdown drag outs. Right? She's wanted to punch me so many times. But we're family. We, we, don't, we don't leave. I don't cast her out. I'd, I'd give my life for my sister, my mom, for my dad. I would, I love all of you in here, but if you touch my little girls, I would knock your face off. You lay a hand on my wife, it's over because they're my family. And I'd give my life for anybody in this room because you're my family. I have no doubt that if Take Heart Church crashed tomorrow and God removes that ministry from me, that I could come back here and, I, and me and my family could be home. When I was riding up Midway Road and I used to ride it every day, I lived two to three miles from here and I'm riding up here and I started thinking, man, it just feels like I'm going home. The next 20 years, Let's ask that God will bring people home. Man, this service is packed. You guys are about ready for three. It's time to start bringing people home. I think the band has a worship song. Ready? Are we going to do a song or, or we got to end? I'll, I'll leave that up to you. Okay. But I, I want to pray for you. And can we do this? We didn't do this in the first service. I want you to grab the hand of the person or put your arm around the person beside your family member. If you don't know their name, you ask their name. And I want you to pray. I want us to commit that on this 20-year anniversary, January the 27th of 2019, on the day that we celebrate 20 years, I want you to say, God, thank you for the last 20 years, but they're gone. I am ready to move forward. I am ready to make a difference. I am ready to be committed. I am ready to reach out. I am ready to bring the community in. It's time that High Praises Church becomes the place where people can truly call it home. Father, God, we commit this day to you. We give this day to you. It's not about us. It's not about these amazing singers. It's not about an awesome light show. It's not about anything. It's not about Pastor Chris, and it's not about Pastor Leah. It is about the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. And God, right now, we are asking that you put such a fire down inside of us, that God, you would ignite us, that you would let us know that we are to be ready. We are to be prepared. And it's important that we're here. It's important that we're engaged in worship. It's 
it's important that we're supporting with our tithes and offerings. Why? Because you are bringing lost sons and daughters home, and we are the church. God, if you take this building from high praises, I know they will meet in a field and still call people home because we are the church of the living God, because we are the ones, God, you're bringing people to prepare our hearts. God, prepare our co-workers, prepare our family, prepare Anderson, prepare Williamston, prepare Belton. God, prepare Iva, prepare all the surrounding communities to know that take heart. I mean, that, that high praises is here to stay. They're here to stay for the next 50 years, and they're here when they're ready to come home. When they're ready, that we'll be here. So God, we love you. We thank you. What an awesome day. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we all said amen. Listen, I love you guys. It was awesome to be here with you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.